I've been looking forward to preaching this message for a long time. I, pre I, I uh, prepared it about the first week of lockdown. First or second week of lockdown. And the title of it is, Why Do Old Folks... Why are old folks often grumpy? Now, if you young people are here, enjoy this. But this is biblical. I'm not just, uh, you know, venting myself here. I'm, I'm actually uh, giving you something you can biblically take for a lifetime. This is really a massively important message of lifetime importance. Why do old folks have a reputation? for being grumpy. I mean downright grouchy sometimes. I mean mean-spirited, short-tempered, nasty disposition, and ugly acting. I don't expect anyone really under 55 to completely understand this message, but you should take it by faith. I mean, I'm not saying the young people here will not agree with what's going to be said today. They just will not understand it. But all of you have met one of these grumpy old people on the roadways. I don't have time to describe case-by-case case illustrations of my experience with grumpy old people wanting to take a left on a four-lane highway being all the way in the right lane and just going ahead and going across all four lanes because, God forbid, they'd have to go down and turn around. Just stuff like that. Uh, many of you have met these grumpy old people in grocery stores trying to get to the toilet paper before you. You've listened to them. I guarantee you, you've met these old grumpy old people in restaurants chewing on the waitress or the waiter because everything just wasn't like mama made it. When you go to a restaurant, you're not getting mama's food. If you want mama's food, you got to stay home and have your wife cook. Oh, I'm sorry, maybe that won't work either. I eat out all the time. That says something. But I, I cringe when... A lot of times old folks will chew on these waiters, waitresses. Not that they don't deserve <laughs> some correction because, you know, you get abused by some of them people, no doubt about it. And I've probably been guilty of the very thing I'm talking about because I am a sometimes a grumpy old man. No amen. Some of you had to deal with grumpy old people in doctor's offices. Oh, my, my. Some of you, I saw, I saw two grumpy old men. They were on a dock. Public pier fishing, trying to have a good time fishing. And I don't know what the one said to the other. The one probably got in the place where the other one always goes on the dock. And, and they got in what I call a fishing pole fight. Now, what that means is you can't really hurt each other, but they were whipping each other with those fishing poles. I mean, they were, it was like, it was like uh, dueling uh, lightsabers. I mean, they were whacking each other. I mean, they were whacking, broke the poles over each other. I mean, yeah, and we're talking about their blood pressure was about 275 over 200. And I mean, they were red-faced and, you know, they were limping as they were trying to get to the other guy. And 
I sat there and thought, boy, they come out here to have a good time. Um, it's so prevalent that they made a movie of it with uh, Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau called Grumpy Old Man. I don't recommend the movie at all. But I can tell you, I'm not speculating what I'm going to say from here out. I'm not guessing about it. I'm, I'm observing and looking at the facts of life around me. And as people get older, they just sometimes, sometimes seem to get grumpy or short-tempered about lots of different things. Why? Why do old people tend to get grumpy? Well, I have the answer. I'm going to read it in the Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 11. If you have a Bible with you, hopefully you do. If you do not have a Bible, there are some red ones in front of you. Just when you're done using it, do not put it back. Just leave it on the seat. That way we can wipe it down, sterilize it, uh, put it in a pressure cooker for 30 minutes, or throw it away. No, we'll not do it. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 10. Paul says, Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. That's the Apostle Paul. And this is the phrase that we're going to center around. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh. Underline it, mark it. The messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, three times, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect, if I may say it this way, in your weakness. So you thought your weakness with God was a problem. It's your, it's your strength with God's a problem. Because your strength, if in your strength you don't need God. It's in your weakness you need God. Now go away with that, it's worth coming. That's much easier uh, said than done. Most gladly, and I want you to notice the words, most gladly, glory, take pleasure. Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities. That's those, those, those things that come on me. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. I take pleasure in infirmities. So twice he talks about glory in infirmities. And I, I preached on the subject not long ago. But I'm coming from a different angle completely today. And so reproaches, necessities, persecutions, distresses for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, I'm strong. When I'm weak, I'm strong. Boy, is that opposite, amen? Up is down, down is up. The reason old folks get grumpy oftentimes is because of the thorns in their flesh. Um. 55 or under, you just take it by faith. But I learned something happened. Actually, it started about uh, with me at 45 and, and began to happen. I began to get some thorns. I got a thorn early on in life, unusual. I had, you know, things happened to me early. But what is a thorn? It's a discomfort. It's, it's what the dentist says when he, he says, you know, you have a small cavity, and I really don't want to take the time to give you Novocaine, and you really don't want me to give you Novocaine. We want to drill that cavity without Novocaine. And you say, well, well uh, doctor, will it hurt? He says, well, it'll be a little uncomfortable. 
And what that simply means is the top of your head is going to blow up straight out when that drill bit wraps that nerve around it. Oh, man, how many here have had some dental work done? I'm the generation that supported the dentist. I had, uh, we were the generation that did not have fluoride, and we, didn't, we had a bunch of antibiotics for tonsillitis, and it, it, it softened our enamel. And I have spent probably 20000 or more on my mouth, but I've been in the chair of affliction, the seat of pain. I've had teeth pulled. I've had root canals. I've had caps. I've had all kinds of crazy work done in my mouth. Woo! It'll just be a little uncomfortable. An annoyance. That's, that's what a thorn is. It's an annoyance. It's a difficulty. It's an irritation. It's an obstacle. Have you ever had a thorn in your finger? Most everybody has. Now, your body is pretty big. The thorn is only occupying a very, very, very small part of your whole body. But somehow or another, your mind can't even think of anything else other than that one area that that thorn's in. And, and, and you know, you, you, you cannot get it out. And every time you touch that area, it's like a sharp, Sticking pain, not, not overcoming pain, not crazy, but just annoyance, just irritating. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's sharp, it's instant, it goes away. It's constant, it's regular. And the more you pick at it, the more it gets sensitive and the worse it hurts. So you say, well, I'm going to ignore it. Hmm. Well, that doesn't work too well. Because every time you move your hand, or if it's in your hand, or your foot, or your leg, every time you rub it against something, it, uh, it hits you again. Out of the blue, it hits you again. You try to go to sleep, you roll over, uh, it hits it, wakes you up. That's not a huge problem, is it? No, it's not a huge problem, but it's a small problem. But it's constant. What if this one thorn uh, were a few thorns? It wasn't just one thorn. It was a few thorns. I believe that's exactly what happens. Now, this is, now, this is on average, okay? So if you're sitting there saying, I haven't been sick in a day, I haven't ever had a thorn, quit contradicting me because I'm right and you're wrong. Don't make me upset. Don't ever judge a situation by the one or two exceptions. You would judge something by the majority and the rule. And I'm talking this morning by the rule. I hope you've never had any of these things I mentioned before God. I hope you don't. And not everybody's experience, almost no two experiences are the same in this area. And so when you get older, your thorns begin to multiply. They begin to also get creative. They get diverse in nature. If I may have a true confession to you, I know you won't believe this. I want to confess something right now. It's very quiet. But sometimes I fight being grumpy. Is my son in here? He's out there because he can't stand being. Get, Troy, you come in here. I said, have a seat, son. You don't need to be out there. Ain't nobody going to kill us. 
He's part of the security program. Well, make sure you're listening to this and not talking to anybody out there. He's still my boy no matter what. I don't care how old he is. Hey, thank you, son. Appreciate it. But, I mean, uh, I know it's hard to believe, but I, I battle head-to-head being grumpy. I know with the sweet disposition I have that you're probably going to contest this. You send me an email, it's okay. But uh, many of you in this room know what I'm talking about. The battle is real. You cannot be a good Christian and be grumpy. You can't go around chawing on folks, putting your fist out the window when they turn in front of you, laying on the horn, and have Jesus loves you on the back of your car. It's okay with me if you put Kingdom Hall of the Jehovah Witnesses, I'm good with it. Which whatever you do, do not put our name of our church on your vehicle. Because you just simply can't represent the Lord Jesus Christ and be grumpy. But the battle is real. You know, in all my life, and I've heard lots of sermons, I've never heard anybody preach on what I'm preaching on this morning. How many here have never heard anybody preach on why old people are grumpy? That's good enough. If nobody would raise their hand, that would make me grumpy. No one ever warned me that after 55, I was going to have a new battle. I was going to have a, a new life. New life. They sang, new life in Christ, abundant and free. Well, you turn 55 and it's a whole new game. Oh, yeah. 55, new battle. The battles, these are not the same battles in my younger days. They're different, appealing to my very flesh. If you got a thorn, if I, when I was young, if I had a thorn, I'd just cut it out and move on. The strength of my youth, the adrenaline, I overcame almost everything by energy. The other day I sat down and I just started doing an inventory on the struggle I've, I've been having as an old person. And here's my, and I'm just, I'm not doing this for sympathy. Do not be, do not even think about being sympathetic for me because, no, no. When I'm weak, he's strong. But his struggle is unique. At 28 years old, I got cancer, surgery, radiation, and for the first time in my life, I had to take a medication every day if I wanted to live. That was Synthroid. I have to take it every day. At 40, I began to have. Migraine, debilitating in some cases, migraines, getting a fetal position. I had to take more meds for relief. By the way, I worked through all these years. Out of all the years I preached here, I probably only missed three Sundays total because of migraines. I preached many days with migraines, with pain. I know what it is to preach in pain. What do you think I'm wearing these shoes for today? You see them legs right there? That's wider than a cadaver. I don't have these beautiful, ugly shoes on, these ugly shoes, because I want to. I got an irritation in my one foot. I don't know what it is. I got gout in my other foot. I was going to wear my Jesus sandals, but I didn't. 
So I, I began at 42, began to have a thing called polycythemia varia, which is a bone disease, affects your blood, I, more meds. At 45, I began to uh, have this gout. Because of the polycythemia, it created a gout attack. If you've never had gout, it's phenomenal. What a friend. At 50, I had hives on top of my feet. I had no eye, probably from all the meds and various things I was doing, but I, it was just real irritating. Couldn't wear shoes like I am this morning. About the same time, my dentist said I had to start flossing. Flossing is hideous. It's a filthy habit. I mean, it's sat there, bing, on the mirror. Bing, on the mirror. Bing, on the mirror. Anybody who flosses in front of the mirror, it looks like, I, I, lie, I can't stand. I don't let my wife, I tell her, never floss in my truck, never floss in my vehicle, because that stuff's all over my windows and all over everything. Bing, bing. I floss every day. I, st I started a thing called puritis, a deep itching of my arms due to, due to the polycythemia, which would keep me up all night sometimes, unbelievable suffering. At night, I developed another thing called pinprick itches. That's like, that's like a mosquito biting you, and then all of a sudden it's over here, and then it's all of a sudden it's there, and then it's all of a sudden it's there. I went two full years without almost no sleep. I don't know about you, but when you don't get sleep, it's hard to be sweet. Uh, on top of that, I started getting acne again. Now, they don't call it acne for old people. They call it some other fancy name. You got rosacea. No, I don't. I got old pimples. Acne. Oh, yeah, that's what it is, dermatologists, but we call it rosacea. It sounds better. Oh, that's great. At 45, my, I went to my, at 40 years old, I went to my eye doctor and said, I can see right here. I could read right here. Read right there. I could read that close. I could read the smallest print. She said, at 45, you won't be able to read anymore without glasses. I said, you're wrong on that. At 45, I got glasses. I hate being wrong. At 60, I began to go to dermatologist and have skin cancer. I had stuff growing on me. I had squamous here, a big old cut. I cut a quarter-sized hole. It looked like it was going back to the back of my head. I had a, a radiation burn some of the stuff off. I had a laser burn some of the stuff off. I have a, a, a nitro, nitro, that frozen stuff, uh, to freeze it off. And Oh, this will just hurt a little. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to belabor it. This is the short list. At 63, I began to have my hip began to ache at night when I went to bed to keep me up. I forgot at 60, my hearing went south. It never came back. My hearing started going. Now I got to bring my wife everywhere I go so she can interpret for me. At 58, I got a ringing in the ears called tinnitus. I have it right now. It's a roaring in both ears. Never shuts off. Recently, my blood pressure started going up, so they gave me more meds. The last few years, I've spent the last uh, I've spent at least four trips to the emergency room with a thing called AFib, which they treat with harsh drugs. Lately, Peggy 
said, my hair's thinning. The other day she cut my hair. She says, yeah, your hair's thinning. I wish you wouldn't have said that. Your hair's thinning. I said, no. another one? Now you can see through my hair. I mean, not quite as much as CW. Oh, I forgot. Um, I started getting I started getting what a thing called stiffness. When you get up, you're stiff. You get up in the morning and you're just stiff. Nothing wants to. You know, you're stiff. It's like, oh, oh yeah, that's okay. Stiffness. I know I'm hitting on some of you. Then all of a sudden, my left shoulder, I would move it a certain way and it paralyzed me in pain. It just literally paralyzes you, the pain. Some, I've never had pain like that. If I push back, and I won't do it now, it just paralyzes you in pain. Last but not least, a gross lack of energy. My energy went bye-bye, which causes me to... My spirit is stronger than my flesh. So my spirit now has to push myself and push myself and push myself. My body goes, I want to lay down, sit in the chair. My, my mind goes, oh, no, you're not going to lay down. You're going to get out there and do what you always did because you're, you're just like you always were. And it pushes. But that can be irritating, the fact that every it's, it's laborsome. Wearisome just to get up. I find my I find myself asking my wife, would you go get me that? And it's right there. Would you go get me this? Or it's right there. She said, you know, I'm just one year younger than you. Enough? No? There's more, but my memory's gone. I can't remember. So what's the point of all this? What's the point? God sends thorns to us as a gift, spiritually. He says, there was given to me a thorn. The word give means to be like a gift. You didn't earn it. It's not wages. God's doing this for you as you get older as a gift. I know it's a strange gift, amen, but there's a reason why he wants to do that. God means no permanent harm by any of these afflictions or infirmities. And some, I didn't mention them all. I just mentioned ones I have. Uh, there's, there's people that have seeing, they can't, you know, there's just all kinds of other things going on. But basically, as you come to the end of life, your, your body is becoming old like that shirt I mentioned a few weeks ago, and it's just not functioning like it will, and it's breaking down, and, and it needs, you know, and it's just part of the thing. But how do you react with all that? Because as a born-again Christian, you cannot go around and be grumpy representing the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll hurt us worse than you help us. You'll hurt us. God means no permanent harm. On the contrary, he's looking out for your good and my good. How? He's keeping us humble. With, the growing, with our growing age and our skill and our, and our knowledge as we get older, you can get caught up in a thing called the pride of life. And what you need to realize, it's not you but Him. Everything's around Him. 
It was Paul. Let me look at, take your Bibles in this, if you would. I'm just, I'm going off script, which is always, always a little crazy for me. But I'm going off script here. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And verse 9. Boy, you know, actually verse uh, 8 and 9. Phenomenal. It's been on my mind all week. For it says, We would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble that came to us in Asia, which we were pressed out of measure above strength, insomuch that we'd even despaired, we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves. Whoa. That we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. That's your summation statement. Why do all these things happen? Why did trouble come in your life even before the age? Because in whatever, as a born-again believer, he is constructing you. There is a construct going on in your life, and God is using these as tools to take off the rough edges. Not to make you grouchy. That's the wrong way to go. But to make you sweet, like me. It's not easy, man. It's a battle. So, my, he, says in, he says in verse uh, 9, or my, in Second Corinthians chapter 12, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness and weakness. God's thinking, biblically, is almost opposite our natural thinking. Do you all get that? Loss in the Bible of our life is gain. Putting ourselves down is the way to get exalted. Giving is the way to attain. Dying is the, to yourself is the way to live. Forgiving is the way to be forgiven. And that's just a sampling of how upside down the Bible is and its instructions on how to live compared to our natural thinking of life. So with each thorn, why do you want thorns? Because with each thorn comes grace. My grace is sufficient for you. Oh, that means with each one of the trials that come into your life, each one of the testings, each one of the thorns, each one of the resistances, each one of the infirmities, reproaches, necessities, as he mentioned there, God is going to see an equal amount of grace there so you can bear it. So you can bear it. So you can make it. But I don't mean make it like make it grouchy. That's failing. I'm talking about make it with a smile when everything in your body says there's nothing to smile about. And here's the crazy part. When the grace of God comes on you, you're going to start thanking God for the irritations. You'll start thanking God for the thorns. That's what Paul did. He says, well, look, if the grace of God's going to rest upon me, then I'm going to thank God for it. I'm going to glory in it. Remember I told you to note them three words there? I'm going to, I'm going to, now let me tell you, this is mature stuff. This isn't novice Christian stuff. This is, if you don't, if this is going, that's because maybe you're just not to the place of maturity spiritually to get it, but you will get it. You need to get it. When you realize it, what a victory it is. 
And only then will you feel the power of God doing it, not you doing it. This is part of the wrestling, I believe, that Paul talks about in the book of Ephesians. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities. We're in a wrestling match every day. We daily wrestle with thorns, constant pain, overcoming them by the grace of God. And here's what we've got to overcome every day, the pressure of being grouchy, the pressure of being a complainer, the pressure of whining. And we overcome all that by the grace of God. I do not want to be known for my grouchies, grumpies. I do not want to be known for my whining and my complaining. I want to be known for trusting in God. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't have bad stuff in your life, hard stuff, trials, tough. But it means that you're handling them because it's those things that come in, those thorns throw you to God. Every time I get something new, I, I say, Lord, thank you for keeping me where I need to be. I've been in the midst of pain, and I, I could not describe to you and say, Lord, I just want to thank you for this pain if this makes me a better Christian. And you know what his answer is? It's going to make you a better Christian. He don't take the pain away. No. He says, you're right. It's going to make you a better Christian. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It's going to make me a better Christian. You know, you, you flippantly quote uh, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. You just flippantly quote that. But it's a whole different verse at 68 years old. But I don't think you have to be grumpy. Let's just make that a statement. You don't have to be grouchy. You don't have to be mean-spirited. You don't have to be short-tempered. You don't have to be a, a whining and complaining about everything. You just take whatever's come your way as from the hand of the living God that He is. this is what's been dished out on your plate and in His somehow, in His sovereign wisdom, this is the best. It's like when your mama prepared you a meal, that was the best she had for you. Eat it. Amen. Eat it. You have the grace of God ready to help you. Just accept it. And by the grace of God, embrace it. I, you say, who are you preaching to, Brother Bill? Me. Me. I preach this sermon almost daily. This is one of my more visited topics. And I hate to tell you this, but I'm going to confess that once in a while I fail. If you don't believe it, just ask Wendy, Chris, Thomas. Don't ask Kathy. Don't ask Kathy. She got way too much information. We had a great example. I was getting ready to preach this. I had decided to preach this a week ago or so today, and we went out to eat with my, my son and his wife, and, and my wife was having a real heavy conversation with uh, Andrea, was wanting to explain something to her, and the waiter, the waiter came up to her and was trying to find, how, do you, how, how would you like your hamburger cooked? And I kept telling the kid, 
She wants it medium. Now she's talking to Andrea, real heavy conversation. I said to the young man, a son, medium, medium, she'll have it medium. Do you know how your wife eats her hamburgers? You better, brother. I mean, if you don't know how your wife eats her hamburgers, where you been? Medium. The boy, he just kept after her. He kept saying, uh, uh, ma'am, ma'am, he touched, I don't know if he touched her shoulder or whatever. She turned and said, what? He goes, Yeah, we fail. I would rather tell her failure than mine. <laughs> but she doesn't fail much. But I love to see it when it happens. <laughs> and of course, she got right with the guy about it. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, you know, it was just a. It was a moment. When the flesh went. Now, folks, we have feet of clay. We walk around in this body. And we, we either, but don't you let, don't you let the circumstances of life misrepresent God. Don't you let it happen. One of my goals is to die sweet. It's a long goal I've had, long goal. There are skeptics out there. There are skeptics of your own household. Now, we laugh some. And I, I, I like to laugh because that keeps me from crying. Laughter is good for your bones. It's a medicine. Not foolish, stupid laughter. Like the world does. Their, their laughter is just crazy. The Christian laughter. Knowing that the Bible's true. And it will work its way out. God's going to be with you all the way home. Father, thank you. A few minutes we have together here about aging and about the test of life. We pray, Father, we'd pass. Uh, I don't have the power to pass. I don't have the strength to pass. I don't have the patience to pass. But if your grace will be with me, and you said it will, then it'll be sufficient for me to pass. And Father, we just pray there'll be some in this room that the Holy Spirit would, of course, use this, and wherever this message goes, talk to the dear folks who listen to it. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com. Or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church, Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.